Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts, Chris Schubert, floating around, producing this thing. We're all from the Draft Network, and we're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering information and needs. They've got it all. NFL, college football, of course, but Major League Baseball, tennis, esports, golf, combat sports, you name it, you can find it over at Bet Online on a very simple-to-navigate website that's available on your desktop or your mobile device. We do have a deal for you, 50% welcome bonus. Use our promo code BLEAV50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. It's bet online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy gobstopper day to you. Oh, couldn't tell you the last time I had one, but I used to get are, down with gobstoppers big time. Are they everlasting? Well, they claim to be, but I don't mm. think it's a... Like, uh, they only claim to be in the movie. I don't think the actual candy that was released was ever claimed to be everlasting. I only think the movie version in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was the everlasting variety. Where do we stand on Willy Wonka in general, by the way? Which Creepy. one? The Johnny Depp one or the or the OG one? I have takes. Uh, first of all, that uh, Willy Wonka is creepy, right? He is. I don't think we talk enough mm-hmm. about that. But also, how about that uh, that Uncle Joe? You know what I mean? This guy's bedridden for how long? <laughs> Gets a friggin' golden ticket. ticket. The guy can rise to the occasion. Been leaving his family in the dust for years. He gets to go have some chocolate. He gets up. I I will say that movie does have one of my favorite quotes that I use on 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 a regular basis when it's the final scene and they're or not one of the final scenes and um, Willy Wonka turns to them and says, "You lose, you get nothing. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. Yeah, I like that. Fantastic line. That's an excellent line. I use that pretty regularly. Uh, I can confirm it's only called Everlasting in Willy Wonka. Wow. Yeah. But it made an look impression at me. on you. Yeah. Look at me having a good movie reference well, and being able to no. explain something well. No, they, they sell the Gobstoppers, but they put the Wonka brand on it and call it Everlasting and sell it in real life. I could get a pack of 24 for 32 bucks on Amazon right now. Do they sell the Wonka chocolate bar? Because that feels like a missed marketing opportunity. They have in the past. I can tell you for sure that was a thing. Feels like a missed opportunity. Gobstops, I don't want the big one. I just want the little ones, you know. What about the so, fizzy lifting drink? Yeah. Don't eat the blueberry things, right? Yeah, don't eat those, no. 
Violet, you turned into Violet, Violet. Are we going to talk a little football today? (laughs) Yeah, please, God. (laughs) I was wondering. So we want to focus today. We've had, what is it? It's your fault, Three three, uh, three weeks of college football now in the books, right? Three. Um, And so there's been some movers and some shakers that we want to talk about. uh, Guys that have popped early on this season and maybe popped for the wrong reasons. So today is going to be an opportunity for us to kind of share some of our thoughts based on what we've witnessed through three weekends of college football. Where do you want to start? You want to start at a specific position or you want to just who's like the top guy for you that you're, you're impressed with. I want to say Brian Brizzy defensive tackle out of Clemson. And I mean, man, you can make a strong case for KJ Henry as well, playing defensive end over there. Um, you know, we My knew, guys. we know about miles Murphy, but man, like Brian Brizzy coming back healthy and kind of, reestablishing himself and capturing some of that buzz that existed going into last year. And uh, it was kind of tough sledding for him and tried to play hurt and obviously got hurt season ending. And um, our impression wasn't great. And so far this year, you've seen him find that explosiveness. You've seen him really control, right? Like this guy is in control of every rep uh, technique wise, power wise, uh, athleticism, it's all there. I love seeing it. And then obviously his buddy over there, KJ Henry, man, this guy's been unbelievably productive. He's He's been at Clemson for a while and um, you, you've kind of, you've kind of seen it in flashes, but a dominant start to the season for him. So man, I, I like what I've seen for those, those two Clemson defensive linemen. Um, I'll, I'll go a little deeper down the board for a player who I think has really helped himself early on. Uh, Joe, the FBS rushing leader. Are you familiar with who it is? Yeah, it's you talk about him all the time. Somewhere from one of the directional Michigans, right? It, it, it no, the, no, the current 2022 FBS rushing. Leader. Oh, Cameron Peoples. I, who is it? Chase Brown from Illinois. Oh, Illinois. Yeah, he's uh, Chase Brown is four yards away through the first three games of the season for being on pace for a 2000 yard rushing season this year. He's got 496 through three games. They played Wyoming, Indiana, and Virginia. So two respectable Power 5 programs here. Uh, and the question with Chase Brown that I had was, well, you know, he's not necessarily a bigger back, and he's split time in the past. Well, he has 75 carries through three games. He toted the ball 36 times against Illinois. Uh, he's averaging 6.6 yards per rush. He's been very, very productive. He's been their featured player offensively. And he's a track guy. He's got some speed. So, like, now you're starting to interest me a little bit more when you come out and you kind of showcase, especially if you go through the full 12-game slate, yeah, I don't have a problem carrying the ball 22 times a game. Makes me feel, feel, hey, you know, there's maybe a little bit more of a ceiling here than what he had a chance to showcase in years past. So, uh, Chase Brown, formerly from a directional Michigan school, was originally at (laughs) Western Michigan his freshman year before transferring to Illinois. Um, is somebody who I'm keeping a watchful eye on, not just because he has effectively 500 rushing yards through the first three games of the season, uh, but because he's doing it in a way that I didn't necessarily feel like his play style and body type lended itself to when I had previously studied Chase Brown. So uh, well, my ears are perked a little here on Chase Brown and, and those strong games against Indiana and Virginia uh, the last two weeks is certainly a, a nice way to start the year for uh, a guy playing at Illinois who uh, is only going to get tougher from here. Now let's see what he does with it. 
have a question for you. Um, just based on my observations of listening to you talk a lot, um, I feel like you've kind of snuck in pretty regularly over the last several months. A lot of comments on college running backs that have proven themselves able to carry a significant workload and market share and yeah. volume of carries. And like normally you and I are pretty like we talk about revelations that we have and, you know, share our thoughts. But I don't I don't know that we've ever had a conversation about it, but you mentioned it again. And I feel prompted to ask you if this is something that has suddenly become important to you. And I need to know why. Well, it, I think for for the body type, it is. Right. Because it, it's, you know, it's it's the same thing that we've talked about with Jameer Gibbs. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're really interested to see how big of a, a workload Jameer Gibbs has. Well, Jameer Gibbs is out here looking like um, Aaron Jones or Alvin Kamara early on for for Alabama for what he did in the passing game against Texas. And to that case in point, well, Jameer Gibbs has rushed the ball 18 times in two games right. for University of Texas or for University of Alabama. He's caught the ball 10 times. So. If you're evaluating players, especially at the running back position where the value is mitigated, in my mind, if your body type doesn't suggest or meet the traditional trends of what a high volume player looks like at that position and to be coveted highly in the draft, usually you have to be a high volume prospect. Even if you aren't eventually going to be a 350 carry guy, you know, guys on day one and day two, you're you're expecting 220 carry, 200, 220 carries and, and more in the passing game. So I got to know your body can absorb hits. And for these guys that are 510, 195, 200, you know, you like to have the peace of mind to see, hey, they've done this. They've been able to sustain this. And, and you're not taking that leap of faith of, oh, well, he's a smaller guy that's going to get tackled 300 times plus his work in pass protection throughout the course of a season. His body will be fine. It'll hold up because injuries happen in every game, every week, for every team in the NFL. And uh, I just try to be mindful of that when trying to identify proper value for backs. Now, if you're a 225-pound back, like historically speaking, and logically, you would assume, okay, there, there's a little bit more here to absorb contact. Uh, so it all comes back to body types and expectations and valuation and, and kind of sewing those things together. And that for me is why guys like Jameer Gibbs and Chase Brown, it's kind of like, hey, I, I want to see you do it before I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and assume like, yeah, you can go be a featured player in an NFL offense and I'm not going to worry about it. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, allow me to keep the conversation rolling about running backs because I, I want to talk about Sean Tucker out, out of Syracuse. Great. And we talk about players that have helped themselves. And, you know, what I've really enjoyed from Sean Tucker is how he's answered probably my most important question regarding him entering the season. And it was what type of value can you offer on passing downs as a receiver? You know, for a guy that has been this offense, right, the kind of the focal point 
carries the ball a lot, productive on the ground. But last year, he only had 18 catches, right? And you you just think with the skill set that he has, that there would be more opportunity his way. I mean, he was only targeted 24 times all year. Oh, he's well, over we played, halfway there now. Yeah, man, he's over halfway. He's, he's played two games so far in 2022 and has 10 catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. And you go back to that opening week against Louisville, six catches on six targets, 84 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, I, I went back and watched that game and, um, you know, they got him going on some flare routes and, and the screen game as well. And you saw him confidently catch the football. And of course, the dynamic skills that he that he has allows him to be creative in space and, and really rip off some some big gains. And, you know, if I'm not mistaken, he actually led Syracuse in receiving that game and four more catches the next week against UConn. So, it, you know, it, it, it's an important box to check, right? That's going to make him uh, more appealing and increase his value as long as he continues to showcase that, hey, this receiving stuff is something that he can offer because it was such an afterthought in the past. And, and so far he's off to a great start of answering that question. Yeah. I, I think that's a great call out too. And again, you saw in that Louisville game, that burst, you know, that, dude. that, that acceleration, that second gear that he kicked it into um, that for his body, again, going back to running backs and body types is a big selling point for me and why I'm really in on Sean Tucker as a player. Um, how about Bryce Ford Wheaton at West Virginia? Man, I was hoping you'd talk about him because I I know you did the eval. I watched the pit game, and I I need to know what he's about. Oh, Chris is all fired up right now. What Look at a thumbs up from Chris. Mountaineer fan, Chris, mid major Chris, closet West Virginia fan. <laughs> Open West Virginia. Yeah, I was just gonna say, there's nothing. I, I talk about it on the show all the time. What are you talking nah, about? No, nah, no, nah, not overly. So he's a redshirt junior, 6'3", 225. High volume player this year. Twenty receptions through two games. Caught two touchdowns in the first half of the Kansas game. They end up losing the Kansas game. So rough times here on uh, uh, Morgantown. But Ford Wheaton. There's a lot of really interesting appeal here. This this is a guy who's been. Uh, been able to kind of change the narrative on who he is as a player. He has not been a volume receiver until this year. And I think playing with JT Daniels as a quarterback who showed with George Pickens, like, Hey, I got a guy I got some chemistry with who's got good ball skills and and a big body. I'm going to put it out there and let him, let him do it. And that's exactly what he's doing with Bryce Ford Wheaton in West Virginia. They run the air raid offense, so you kind of have like the perimeter screens in addition to the horizontal or the vertical stuff down the field. Starting to show a little bit of life as far as working you know, more hard-angled routes, which is always a question for your big-body wide receivers. You know, how how dynamic can you be at, at the top of the route stem? But uh, this is like a 4-5 flat guy at 225 pounds and 6-3. He's got good ball skills, good body control. But consistency with the hands is the big thing that like we've got. I got the big asterisk next to his name. Obviously, he had the the target against Pitt that popped right off his hands and would have hit him in the face mask and was the game ceiling interception for Pitt that ran back in the final minutes of the game after playing a phenomenal football game. Well, upon further review, you uh, you go back through some of his old tape as a non volume receiver and consistency with the hands is is yet again uh, something that's popped up in, intermittently as you watch him play. So just looking to now that you're getting more volume, 
let's consistently catch the football with a little bit more consistency and not lose some of those gimmies, whether they're concentration. I don't think he's got like hard hands. No, I think he can can comfortably catch the ball away from his frame, but for whatever reason, there's just some missed opportunities that as his target share increases, you're looking for that to not increase proportionately. And I think if he can do that, he can carve himself a really good chance to be a day two prospect. Chris, uh, I have a, a question for you. Okay. For this? this is a not this really. is gonna be a really big clash of things for you. And Here I'm looking for honesty from Christopher P. Schubert. Okay. Does your middle name begin with a P? I have no, no idea. I don't know, but we'll go with it. Christopher P. Okay. Schubert, go ahead. West Virginia Mountaineers. Yes. If they were in the Sun Belt Conference, would they win it this year? They would not. No, they would <laughs> not. You see be the, how uncomfortable he was. They and it is because they, they are a very asked. they are they are a poorly coached team. They have a very Ooh. bad head coach. They competed with Trust the climb, Pittsburgh. Baby. That was something that I like. One of my big takeaways was I thought Pittsburgh up front was going to really just win that game, and they competed. And what happened? No, so they they got a bunch of guys in as transfers. So add speed defensively. And I think that's what allowed them to kind of compete a little bit is that they, they have speed defensively, but yeah, they, they don't have the size to bang with, with Pitt up front. And they can't win the Sun Belt. Chris said it. I don't, They're I don't think so. No. Team. Poorly coached Man. team. Scott Frost and Neil Brown. They look the same, same picture. Can't tell the difference. Wow. Well, you know what? That's a good, that's a good call. Cause like West Virginia has been in a lot of like close games. And then just the situational stuff at the end is just like nuclear meltdown. So I'm, I, that? it's a great take from Chris. And if I'm, if I'm West Virginia, I'm going shopping this off season and I'm if looking you, for a new you, head coach. If you've seen the office meme where Pam goes, there's no difference. They're the same picture. The same Neil picture. Brown and Scott Frost. It's the same picture. It's the same thing. Do you have some hopes there? Is there a, a coach out there that moves the needle? Somebody Dana had your eye Holgerson on? at Houston would be a great hire. Man, do you think he'd leave Houston to go to West Virginia? <laughs> I hate you both so much. Chris, yeah. Chris, honestly, though, the 16-17 Dana Mountaineers, Clint Trickett at quarterback. No, no, no. I'll do you one better. I'll, no, no. I'll do you one better. The, the Will don't do Greer. Re- don't, don't say Rich. Uh, okay. Okay. No, the Will Greer go into Texas, beat Texas, hit him with the horns down after we go for two to win the game. That's what I need out of my football coach. That's what I need at at West Virginia. And I got Neil Brown. It doesn't work. It was a good, it it was thought to be a good hire at a time. It's been a disaster. He's done nothing. Dana's scraggly egghead mullet hanging out from his visor, sipping on his eighth Red Bull of the day. Looks like he hasn't showered in weeks. That's what I need out of my head coach at West Virginia. Okay. That's what I'm looking for. You know what we are right now? We're, um, <laughs> Matt, so Matt Rose coming? <laughs> yeah, I was just I was just getting ready to say uh, we are Dave Tepper talking about our our head football coach, um, looking for what we want in West. Virginia. I didn't now, say any of that. I'm not going down with you guys. Maybe, maybe Matt maybe Matt Rule will be back in the the college coaching market. Maybe he'd be somebody they could go after and build the program. I'll, I'll tell you this: Dana Holgerson would have more NFL success than Matt Rule. Ooh. Okay, Chris, take it or leave it. Matt Rule's the next head coach of the West Virginia Mountaineers. Take it or leave it. Leave it. Leave it. Really? I would stop being leave a fan it. of the program. Goodbye. Really? Chris. Yeah, no, can't do that. That's a bad take. That's wow. A bad take. 
I disagree with that. Well, enjoy whatever uh, defensive coordinator you get from, you know, Cincinnati to be to be your next head coach. You can add a guy in that rule that's like legitimately a good college coach. Okay, let's get back to the uh, the task at hand here. I yeah. want to mention Jordan Wright, uh, edge rusher, Kentucky. He didn't. He that was his first game, Florida. That that was the first game he played this year. He popped um, big time. Oh man, you you know when uh, you and I text about a player on a Saturday. Uh, they're popping, right? And so you you sent me that text about Jordan, right? You're, you're like 15 for Kentucky. And we're like, yeah, 15 for Kentucky. This guy um, showed a lot of versatility, man, with, with what he did with uh, playing true edge, playing in the overhang, serving as a spy, showing a ton of athleticism. Listed at 6'5", 231. You, you know, maybe you wish he was a little bit bigger to kind of forecast him as a, as a true edge player in the NFL. But, man, the versatility to – to cover, play in space, rush, shoot gaps, uh, anchor at the point of attack, man. I thought he really showcased himself well. And for a player that wasn't on my radar, welcome to the radar. And I look forward to watching you the rest of the way. It's a good call. Uh, real quick, a name that I don't know a lot about, um, and maybe you will because you have Ohio State this year. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg, linebacker, has flashed to me a little bit. Number 35 for the Buckeyes. Uh, he's got, he had two sacks and three tackles for loss and nine total tackles against Notre Dame. Hmm. And uh, he's somebody who we didn't, we didn't really discuss in depth this summer, but he's a name that I put a star next to as well in watching that Notre Dame game in week one. And, and I had obviously had Ohio State the past couple of, or past couple of years in just exclusively scouting Big Ten before we split the, the conferences. And knew he was caught behind some good players, so that that's one that I'm interested in just throwing a name out there that I know had some strong production against Notre Dame. Yeah, I want to see more out of him. Mostly, not that he hasn't done more. I just personally need to watch more because um, mm-hmm. I I had planned on my night being Notre Dame Ohio State, and then uh, Anthony Richardson and Utah had other plans. You know what I mean? And that that deviated. Man, you're not my- kidding. I couldn't believe it. Uh, so I, I very quickly focused on that. And so he'll be a player uh, for me to jot down and I'll, I'll probably watch him very, very soon. Um, there, there's some, some edge rushers out there, man, that are just having some crazy production to start the year. Uh, you look at um, Jared verse, uh, the Florida state, the Albany state transfer. He's, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh what is this this uh, Michigan State man? They've got a dude that has been unbelievably productive rushing off the edge. Uh, Win- Jacoby Windman. Windman. Man, like what, he had four. He had three forced fumbles last week. One the week before, like five or six sacks through two games. A transfer as well from UNLV. Man, so those two guys have popped massively for this edge already deep edge group and and I can't wait to watch a bit more because the live flashes have been incredible. Uh I would be remiss to not mention Jordan Addison. Yeah. Amidst amidst, amidst some of the um other player performances that are from perceived top wide receivers, whether it's Kayshawn Boutte and then LSU really struggling, you know, passing the football or um, Jackson Smith and Jigba missing this past weekend. It's just like Jordan Addison has been him. 
uh, for amongst the the top wide receiver prospects. So I wanted to give him a shout out as somebody who we coveted very highly coming into the season, uh, but has been the one in my mind amidst like the top three or four guys who has a played every week. And that's not no That's no slight against Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's just the fact that he missed a football game mm-hmm. and um, has been high, high, high level with both play and production and film uh, throughout the course of the first two weeks. And like, if we're being honest, Caleb, Caleb Williams still growing as, as being a starting quarterback. I think that offense can get a lot better. I think Caleb Williams as as he matures, there will be some growing pains. And I think he's enduring some of those right now. And the nice thing for USC is he's enduring them and they are killing teams. So um, a lot of that thanks in large part to the reigning, uh, reigning Bolitnikov winner who has just been on a tear here to start this season. Ain't going to slow down either, man. What, like no. what, what's going to happen outside of an injury that's going to slow this down, man. He's, he's awesome. It's a perfect offense. Caleb Williams. I mean, it's just all there for him to just have a crazy big year. And I mocked him wide receiver one last or this week. I think that's in play, especially with the wild card. That is Keishon Butte right now. Jackson Smith and Jigba, like you said, hasn't hasn't been around. Like he's that guy. He's that premier guy right now that's delivering at receiver. Shout out to um wide receiver Xavier Hutchinson yeah, as well. Four touchdown saying. receptions through the first two weeks. And I know we've had some questions like, okay, like how is he different than the last six foot four wide receiver <laughs> that came through Iowa State and Hakeem Butler that everybody got all excited for and and he got drafted in the fourth round and then flopped almost immediately with Arizona. So like, where's the separation? And like, uh, he's doing his part, at least from a production standpoint. And, and Iowa played uh, a, a rivalry game this past weekend against Iowa State or against Iowa. So um, it's nice to see him kind of living up to the expectation. He has the same amount of receiving yards and receiving touchdowns as Jordan Addison does through two games. Wow, that says a lot. Really different structure too, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe this is frowned upon, maybe not, but I'll do my thing here. Uh, when I think about some of my overarching thoughts from uh, the early slate of college football and, and with a uh, mindset towards prospects, there's some players that are not eligible this year, but are going to be in future years, Ooh. specifically some quarterbacks Ooh. where – Listen, the tools are just really interesting. And so I, I know that we have a lot to learn about the eligible quarterbacks for this year. And I'll never take my focus off of that. But as I start to just creep a little bit towards future years, Caleb Williams, Quinn Ewers, Texas, uh, uh, Drew Allers at Penn State, uh, Drake May at North Carolina, Got some really toolsy guys coming through the pipeline. There's a lot to learn about those players. They need to play a lot more football, but just kind of my early impressions of of some players that I've seen that are going to be guys in future years. There's some exciting talent coming through the pipeline that that's going to develop and and make for some fun conversations in future years. Any other off the reservation window shop can see but can't touch? How do names you want to hard some. Provide so for us sometimes, man. Just, get us all excited he, for no reason. Listen, that's what I do. Any of the names in I general? I, I guess I'm interested if you had any thoughts on uh, 
couple of App State players, and they camped in the edge over there. And, and Cameron Peoples, the the running back, he's a big dude, he's like big backs, man, two hundred twenty five pounds. Had a big game last week against Texas A and M. Yeah. Um, so for Nick Hampton, Nick Hampton's really interesting. Um, he's kind of like a discount Brian Burns prospect as far as I'm not saying like today NFL <laughs> Brian Burns, but like what Brian Burns was at Florida state. Um, really interesting player as far as like he's been reported 34 verified on the arms uh, mid two thirties. He's put on like 40, 45 pounds since he got on mm. campus at app state. He was originally a two-star recruit. Uh, so like six, three, six, three and a half, two thirty five, thirty four inch arms, 21 miles per hour GPS, uh, for, Whoa. Okay. Yeah, now like, we're talking. Yeah. He's, he's got some really explosive qualities about him that, that make him a pretty interesting player. He, um, I don't think he's going to be a, a universal prospect. Um, I think there will be teams that really ding him for his size. And, and obviously he's stacked on a lot of weight. I would love to get a look at him in person and just kind of get a feel for, okay, is his frame maxed out because he's added this size? Is there more room to add? Because I think some teams will look at him and they'll say, well, you know, he could be a really good designated pass rusher for us, but I don't know that he'll necessarily play on every down or where do you play him on early downs or in short yardage situations. And like all that stuff adds up where I, I don't think this is a cut and dry, like, yeah, put him an outside rush linebacker and just call it a day. Right. Um, uh, I think right now, maybe the Alex and Alex Highsmith had excellent development mm-hmm. with Pittsburgh. Uh, through his first couple of years, but like Alex Highsmith coming out of Charlotte is another name that comes to mind to kind of continue to paint the picture for you as far as how I view him. And I originally graded him a little lower. And then as I'm sitting here stewing over these names, it's like, man, like you brought up Brian discount, Brian Burns and Alex Highsmith in your own pretty good personal narrative in trying to decide who this player. So I bumped him. I, he's, I put him as a three, but um Really interesting player. I, I think the physical tools, and I love the fact that he's like self-made from a, a physical standpoint. Like he's had to put in the work and, and knows what it takes to get yourself to a certain point. And I think that holds a lot of weight for a lot of guys where, you know, he hasn't had the luxury of just being the most, the biggest, fastest, and strongest guy on the field for his playing career. Like he he's really had to work for it to get to the point that he's at. And that gives you a certain extra layer of confidence that when you get to the next level and things are even harder, he's going to have the work ethic and the work habits and the understanding of that process to take that in stride and become a successful player. So pretty intriguing cat uh, as far as, you know, his play style and traits and corners really well, will will really get skinny and flatten across the arc. And um, he's somebody I'm really eager to see. He's, um, 11 sacks and six, 17 and a half, 16 and a half tackles for loss last year. So he was a productive player last year. Wow. And then he's put on a little bit more weight this season. So that, that's definitely another one to watch. Fourth year player. So uh, Jim Nagy's mentioned him a few times, senior bowl eligible. So uh, kind of keep your eye on, on Nick Hampton over at App State. Good names, man. We got some, it sounds like he's a lot like Windman from, from Michigan State as well in terms of maybe not having the size, but really mm-hmm. loose, productive I don't know if Winman has 34s, man, but uh, 
Those, yeah, those that, that, that's going to be a big, State. big hurdle for him to clear, right? To know that he's got length and it, like, if you yeah. don't have size, at least have length, right? And like right. he'll, it's, he's it's got like, that. Uh, Okoronkwo from Oklahoma, yeah, like he's I'd turned know. into a nice like player in the league, right? Like he meaningful rotational edge rusher. Where, yeah, he he's wasn't in big, Houston but now, he had, right? Uh, he is. You had to say that out loud. Um, he was with the Rams, and then he went he to Houston, with, right? I, oh gosh. I was getting ready to say what team he played for, and now I am Oklahoma. Right, I know he was with the Rams, and he's in Houston now. He's in Houston. He plays for Houston. All right, very good. Mystery solved. Thank you. Glad we glad we knocked that one out. All right, that's going to do for us today here on the show. Kyle Krabs, Joe Mario, Chris Schubert. Thanks to our friends over at Bet Online for their continued support of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed this. uh, What do we call this? uh, uh, Risers. Prospect risers, look, Chris. Mover, I mean, movers you're the guy movers that and the- shakers. Movers and shakers. Movers. Go ahead, Joe. Give me a little. Movers and shakers. There you go. He gave me the Baraka. It's fine. It's not ideal. But he, he, we don't speak for Joe. He just kind of does his own thing. Thanks for checking out Draft Dudes. Hit subscribe. Come on back. See us again tomorrow. We got a couple more episodes again this week. Look forward to talking to you again next time. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.